Hello and welcome to Under the Umbrella. My name is Mustafa Tosh and next to me is Joe Franick, my co-host. You can find the show at UTU Sports on Twitter and you can follow us on SoundCloud as well. It's on iTunes podcast services. And this week on the show, we're just going to go over the standings in the NBA, break it down by conference, the Eastern and Western conferences. Uh, we're going to touch up a little on some controversies in the NBA in the past week, just like resting players and stuff like that. And just recapping one of the legends, Dick. 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 But yeah, just uh, to begin the show, we're just going to start off with, you know, what happened in the last couple of days. Everyone talking about resting players and resting star players, to be more specific. Right, and those are the only players that really ever get rested. I mean, right. Channing Fry doesn't take nights off. You know, <laughs> we're not. But yeah, it's it's been a huge topic in uh, the NBA Sort of the last couple of years, I mean, old school guys always take shots at younger guys, but just sort of jump right in. I think it really started as far as in the public eye when Pop got fined half a million dollars by the league when he sat everyone down against Miami on their big Thursday night game. And the league was none too happy about that because obviously back then there were much fewer nationally televised games. Obviously now they're still important, but there's way, way more nationally televised games than there were. Even back, I mean, even back two, three years ago, this is the first year where we have an insane number of national televised games. But I remember, yeah, Pop got in huge trouble for that. It was a huge controversy. Oh, he's, you know, the fans, blah, blah, blah. And Pop basically said, I'm going to do what I got to do to prepare my team for the, for, you know, for winning a title, which at the end of the day is what most NBA franchises are seeking to do. Um, or not, well, most anyone, you know, star players at this point of the year are basically looking at their, you know, their title contention prospects. And so what obviously happened this week was, you know, the Warriors on the second half of back-to-backs, uh, without Kevin Durant already because he is hurt, they sat Draymond Green, they sat Steph Curry, they sat, uh, sat Clay Thompson, they sat Andre Iguodala. And the and Kawhi Leonard entered the concussion protocol. He was actually out. LaMarcus Aldridge actually had a health scare, and we hope he's going to be fine, but he was out. And so the Saturday night primetime game was left with second units battling each other. I didn't even watch. I watched a few minutes of it. Same. I watched a few minutes of it. It was unbearable, honestly. And the other thing to me is when you rest star players, uh, it doesn't make it as entertaining. Like, you want to see those matchups no matter who it is, even if it's crappy teams. Like, whenever you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, whenever you, you go and watch... I mean, we had League Pass last year. You go and watch, like, a Sacramento or or teams like that would just... Or New Orleans. I like watching New Orleans because Anthony Davis... And you go to see those star players. And if you're buying a ticket as well, uh, you want to see that. So, but yeah, the NBA has sort of fallen into that trap. And just touching back on the San Antonio thing, everyone back then thought because, you know, San Antonio was getting older, you know, they wanted to rest their players. And so it was kind of understand or like sort of accepted, but they weren't as brutally punished, you know, because they were chasing that ring. But when you see it with like younger players, like the all the Warriors are under like, 28, right? Yeah, like none of these Warriors are, you know, that old. I mean, and Kyrie gets nights off, too, for Cleveland. He gets it. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Butler, is, I don't think he's had rest nights. Wade's had rest nights, but that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, but you're sort of seeing, like, this trend of younger players getting just rest nights on on good teams. Yeah. So, it's it's sort of like this weird phenomenon happening. No, no I, think, I think you'll see a correlation just between the teams that are going deep into the playoffs and who's giving their teams nights off. Like, you are playing... If, I mean, the Warriors and the Cavs have both, both gone to two NBA Finals in a row. That's two extra months of basketball other people aren't playing. That's two months where other players are resting or getting their bodies right or, you know, conditioning, what have you. So I'm not discounting that there's definitely an argument to be made there. But it's just 
One, from the NBA standpoint, they have to get better with scheduling. Yeah. Don't schedule if you want the Saturday primetime game. I, this always drives me insane with primetime games when one of the two teams is coming off of the second night of a back-to-back and the other team's had two days of rest or whatever it might be, one day of rest. We are like, this is not a playoff scenario. This is not what we'd see in, you know, in that kind of situation. This is a bad showing for the showcase game. It's such an easy fix, too. Like, yeah. whenever you look at any, like, pick any NBA team schedule and just take, like, a week or two, take that stretch, and you could just pick out games where you could just very easily fix it. I do it all the time just for fun because I'm a maniac, but, like, it's, it's, it's like, it's so mind boggling to me. And they finally switched it from a computer or a person to a computer. A lot. Of, I and mean, it's just like, come on. Yeah, some of the issues that we we just don't see as far as the fan level are that arenas are not just used for basketball; they're used for hockey, they're used yeah. for shows and concerts and all that. And so there are definitely issues where the NBA probably gets preference over, you know, Miley Cyrus wanting to come time. Is she a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I think she is. Okay, I don't know. Dude. <laughs> and and you know, and or an NBA basketball game just because they have long term contracts in those arenas, so I'm uh-huh. sure there's preference, but. There is definitely issues with that. Obviously, people would rather have nationally televised games on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, the days people watch TV rather than Monday nights or, you know, days where people aren't watching as much. But, yeah, no, there's a lot of easy fix. Like, for your showcase game every week, when ABC primetime is, this is our one game. We're going to advertise all week. And I think Saturday night primetime is a really great idea. I've thought so for a long time that a sport... College football dominates Saturday nights. Mm. And I thought in the same way, I thought the NFL, would, I thought the Super Bowl should have been moved to Saturday because I just thought, make that a thing so then people don't have to worry about work the next day. Like, <laughs> right. Well, it, it, seriously, I mean, like, everyone has, everyone has always talked about making the day after the Super Bowl a national holiday. Just make it Saturday. <laughs> like, right. Just, just, <laughs> just fix it that way. But it's the same thing where, like, I thought it was a great idea. It's just like, yeah, like, make sure all of them at least have one day off. Right. They can play on Thursday. Fine. But, like. The Warriors sitting everybody ruined that game. They forfeited a game, which we'll talk about later in the standings talk. I'm not so sure they're going to want to forfeit. I'm not 100% sure what the thinking was, and we can kind of, I guess, speculate on that. But just in general, it matters more when it's a primetime game because that's when you're going to lose the TV audience. The casual fan is not going to watch on a Saturday night when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson aren't playing. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the thing that sucks even more is the people who actually went to the game. Like you, you learn you about imagine this. what those tickets cost. Oh yeah, definitely, and it's the first time uh, them playing this entire year. No, so, they like, played the first game of the year. Oh, did they really? And the Spurs blew out. Golden well, that State. was in Golden State, though, right? Yeah, first time. They oh played yeah, in San Antonio. first time they played in San Antonio. Yeah, right, right. yeah, but uh, I mean, if you're a San Antonio fan, I mean, you get to see these guys. I mean, twice a year. Yeah, twice a year. So. Uh, I mean, now once because, I mean, you don't know. And maybe towards the end of the year, they rest them again. So you never know because they play them so late in the season. How late in the season do they play them? They play them. They host them uh, March 29th. So it, I honestly, I, I can't imagine that. Yeah, Wait, oh, yeah, they only play three times. That's right. They do only play three times, which is unfortunate and poor scheduling on the NBA's part. But they only play three times. Oh, yeah, that's the last time they play. Damn. And yeah, so yeah. I mean, that could easily end up deciding. So the Spurs actually now guaranteed have the tiebreaker over them. I, I was thinking they had two games because you normally play a team in your comments four times. Yeah. So I think you play a couple of them three times just because that's how it works out. But yeah, that's so the Spurs on the tiebreaker now, so that could become very relevant. And yeah, that game, I mean, that game's a Wednesday game on ESPN, and the Spurs don't play the day before. they play, But the Spurs play Monday hosting Cleveland, Yeah, which is not going to be an easy game on TNT. 
And then, let's see, I mean, I'm just taking a look here. There are a lot of teams that play uh, back-to-back on national TV, too. Just not, like, necessarily, like, the day after. but No, but, like, that's fine. There are now six nights a week with nationally televised games. It's fine that sometimes you can't you can't avoid all of them because sometimes yeah. it's Sometimes it is Philadelphia playing Minnesota, and all due respect to both of those franchises, it is not Spurs-Warriors on Saturday night. There is a difference. There mm-hmm. just is, and you know the matchups that are different. But yeah, you see crossover, like cross it over a lot, like when you see like... Yeah, but the Wednesday. Warriors will be coming off the second night of a back-to-back. They will play Houston the night before, and then they will play San Antonio. Wow. Once again, and then and then they'll play Houston again through... I got the schedule. On Friday. On Friday. <laughs> so, Texas-heavy day, or Texas-heavy right? week for them. And they play Memphis right before that. Yeah, so they're they're all over. And I know that's not technically Texas, but you know, you're basically right there. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, that that's sort of like I don't know, that's chaotic to me. I don't mind it just being so close, but at the same time, I don't know, like and also you want to see how they match up at different points of the season. I mean, like, what's the difference of playing three days? You don't really get to well, see like if all that matters is the playoffs, then why don't we just play two months and then see the playoffs? Like what you know, we do we play eighty two games to watch them play eighty two games apart from the slog of getting into the playoffs and the grind of doing those kinds of things. Like these games are entertaining and like you do get wrapped up in regular season games constantly that are good. I got wrapped up in watching Houston Cleveland. I said next it was a good basketball game for most of the game. Like it doesn't matter that the game really doesn't matter that much at the end of the day, but it does. And it tells you where these teams are at and where they're going and what's wrong and what's working. Yeah. I was busy watching college basketball most of Saturday, but so I had my good share of basketball, but yeah, there, there had definitely been, well, Especially this year, I, I rag on it a lot how, like, the regular season's irrelevant, but I still find, like, certain games entertaining. Might not be anymore. I mean, we've uh, we've started to see some heating up in the standings. Like, it's not as clear-cut. And I, I will talk about it a little bit, but I think we've seen some, some cracks in the armor. Some of the teams we just assumed were going back to the finals. I, I don't think it's a lock anymore. I think oh. it's definitely likely, but I don't think it's a lock anymore. Yeah, I just, I think that, uh, you know, there was that Memphis fan when LeBron rested in Memphis who was, you know, I paid $800 to be here and you're not here. You know, I get to see you once a year. And that's that's definitely true. And there's definitely an element of that where you go, that is unfair to the fans in the arena that night. And your job is to perform. And when I don't show up to work, to be fair, I have vacation days. I'm on vacation right now, technically. <laughs> but But you're still not. But it's different than just calling in the morning and being sick. Like, eventually your boss gets annoyed and goes, what the hell? Like, we expect you to be here. Like, you're supposed to do a task. And, like, yeah, it's different. And it's more physically demanding. And certain players are aging. But, yeah, there, there are just sometimes where you're like, you're, you could play. Yeah, it's hard to think about the NBA as, like, a labor force. Like, they are to, like, technically, like, it is they like are. labor. They're, they're collectively bargained. They're a union. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's sort of hard to think about it like that. But... I mean, it depends on the certain player to me, but I mean, LeBron said had a really good point when he said, uh, "You know, I've been in the NBA for what, like fourteen years now, thirteen years." Yeah, so like you'll have you've had your chances to see me. I've given it to the league, like I've I've, I've put in my effort. So like, and obviously that's gonna. Happen. I get it, and I don't. Yeah, it's sort of like this this tough place where, I mean. 
players have to be selfish at some point you know you are a brand you are a market you you know it is does take a toll on your body so you also want longevity but yeah. I, I just also don't think that teams i mean and i have and i we both know even though we don't fully understand it that the preparation of going into a game is much different than just playing a game like there's a lot more work that happens beforehand especially with you know when guys get older like the amount they have to get stretched out they have to warm up you know the things they have to do are definitely is definitely different than you know just stepping on the court and playing for twenty minutes. But that's my kind of point where I'm like LeBron can't play twenty minutes. You know, like it doesn't. You don't have to play thirty eight minutes. And maybe it's you know LeBron is ultra competitive and he stays in games all the time when he doesn't have to. And I I know I always use him as an example, but he is one of the prime examples of people resting for sure. I think he probably oh, yeah. is the prime example of it. And it's just like I wanted that with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. They couldn't have played twenty minutes Saturday night. And won that game and possibly saved the one seed for their team, too. Like, there were definitely implications for that. But they said, no, we value the rest. And the Warriors are obviously in a funk losing Kevin Durant and dealing with life without him, uh, at least for an extended period of time. But it's just, it's hard. And I, I think the fans aren't, I think the fans are justified in being upset. I just also think it's not going to change anytime soon because I think the players are very hard in extending their careers as long as possible. You add up the number of playoff games LeBron's played in the last 10 years, it's probably close to two seasons worth of basketball he's played extra. Where yeah. Melo, who never sets foot in the playoffs anymore, <laughs> like he's resting all the time. And Anthony Davis, same thing. It's like those minutes add up over your career. Yeah, and it's sort of a different situation with LeBron too because I feel like he has a lot more control than any other player. I feel like with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and, and players Reportedly like that. not. Oh, really? The the reports around Cleveland are that Ty Lue makes a decision and Ty Lue tells him what's what. And that's part of the reason why. I don't why believe that at all. But <laughs> I only do just because for a long time LeBron has said how he's like, like the whole reason why he wanted Ty Lue is because he wanted someone who actually challenged him. And there's there's a book coming out now. Um, I won't plug it because it's, I, I, one, I don't remember the name currently. And two, it's by an ESPN writer I'm not too fond of. But he just tells a lot of stories and he's around the Cavs all the time just about how David Griffin, the GM, and Ty Lue have on multiple occasions just called LeBron out in front of the entire team for slacking, taking defensive possessions off. So I really do think – I do not think he is as pick up the phone, hey, go get Darren Williams, hey, go get Andrew Bogut as people think he is. I think he's not – I don't know. I don't think it's like forced or it's like directly said, but I think it's sort of like he finds his own way to say it. LeBron is like – or finds his own I'm way sure to get he has it out input. there. I'm sure he has input, yeah. and he should have input. People who think he should have input are, you know, dumb. But I, I just don't think it's uh, Tyler says you're resting, and says, no, I'm not, and he plays. I don't think that's how it goes. Oh, I, yeah. I, just, I don't think that's how it oh, goes. Oh, yeah, with any player and coach, there's that relationship. Like, you definitely have some sort of, like, continuity, and you, you want to have, like, a collective decision. But I think for most typical players like that, there is a decision between your trainer, your doctors, you know, you have so many people in your coaching staff and stuff like that. So it is sort of like a collective decision. Yeah, it is. But I think it, yeah. I, I still believe on most teams it lies with the coach. I think that Steve Kerr made the call that those four players were sitting out Saturday night. Ultimately. Oh, yeah. I don't I think, mean, yeah, yeah, I don't think they went to him and said, we need a night off or tired or. Oh, yeah. Feeling, and, I don't th- and I think if, Le- if it was up to LeBron, LeBron would play 82 games. I don't think they have like time to think about that when you, when you actually. You have a think- lot more time than you think about. I mean. What are you doing all day? I mean, you're thinking about basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on the player, but I mean, you want to just focus on it. I know maybe some players are, are like that, but I think a lot of players just try to focus on their game. They don't like, especially LeBron, like, and, and those great players, they don't like listen to outside noise as much as you think. 
Or it's like very well, selective. They're listening to the talking heads of the world. Mm. You know, but they're listening internally to people in their camp. Like Yeah, and the people in their camp, people like, closest to them. Yeah. That's the thing, like this year David Griffin will not win GM of the year, even though he should, because of what he was able to create and what he's able to do with nothing there, because people think LeBron's the GM. And having LeBron definitely helps you. But it's that same bad thing, like he's listening to people internally. I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland has really made that many moves, though, have they? They got Kyle Korver. They signed Darren Williams. They signed Derek Williams. All the D-Wells. Give me all your D-Wells. <laughs> they signed Bogan, and then when he died, after 58 <laughs> seconds, they signed Larry I Sanders. I think Houston definitely. Daryl Morey is probably like the runaway for GM of the year. I mean, what do you do? He just completely reconstructed Houston's roster. And they were award-winning. I think the Rockets will probably get coached. Actually, Scotty Brooks... Probably will win Coach of the Year. Uh, could be him. They were also talking about uh, it could go to Spolstra just because of what he's doing in Miami with how little he has. Uh, yeah, I know people I reward that... winning, but like Spolstra's the Miami yeah, Heat should not pretty... make the playoffs, and they might. <laughs> like, they yeah, that not. is pretty impressive. <laughs> they really shouldn't. They're like eleven and thirty, and they're they yeah they I think they I think they're like something crazy like twenty and five in the last twenty five. Like it's, they're they're just on a tear. Remember when Scotty Brooks was only brought in to bring in Kevin Durant? And then, hey, it looked how it turned out. It turned out pretty well, right? <laughs> no, I thought it was the opposite because he got fired because Kevin Durant was done with him. That's why when he got hired in Washington, people were saying he's that's the end of it. They know they're not getting Durant. Oh, really? I thought yeah. that was part of I thought Durant no. loved him. Oh, oh I, who knows? I'm sure with that, there's 18 different reports of 18 right? different opinions <laughs> of that one. I'm sure there's not a story because I'm sure the real story isn't out there. Or it is, and it's just buried among fake ones. Um yeah, but I just I think going forward, this is going to be an issue for the league, uh, especially if it gets worse. Like I've always said, like I wouldn't be shocked if later in his career, in two or three years, a player like LeBron or a player like, you know, Melo, I mean, Dwayne Wade's already done it, sits 20, 25 games. Yeah. And Wade's Wade's a little different, but yeah, I get Well, Wade, Wade is way more health, directly health-related in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this year there are some times where I feel like Dwayne Wade just doesn't feel like traveling, and so he just doesn't. Yeah. Because, like... <laughs> And that's fine. That's I mean, ultimately, if the team's okay with it, that's what it is. But like, and that Bulls team is a mess of dysfunction. Oh yeah, and they need to just burn it all down. And yeah, it's it's definitely build around Nico like a real man. <laughs> Even that Max in the off season. God, dude, it's <laughs> gonna go on a tear the last two weeks. Right? No, it's not. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, moving on. Uh, Dick. 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 He Dick. hit thirty thousand. All the same team. Points. All the same team. Was that six all time again? Yeah, six yep, all time. Six all time. Absolutely. Um, just one of the players I know growing up that like I just love to watch, and just like recapping just some moments of his career. Uh, just obviously winning that championship in Dallas was huge, over like a heavily favored Miami team. But I mean, do you have any like? Dirk moments that just stood out to you or just like just recapping some of those Maverick teams that would end up losing where that were honestly like maybe they weren't better because they didn't win a title but they'd win more games in the regular season like just some of those teams like the first time they went to the finals and they lost to when they were fav- heavily favored against Miami and they lost and Mark Cuban still maintains it was rigged against him uh, which <laughs> I actually love that he's still he's apparently hired people to look into this really uh, yeah that's what he claims uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll respect it that's crazy I'm not trying to bring him back. I won't talk about him again. He's number eight already. Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's got a fast dirk soon. That's nuts. Um, he's he's gonna have a shot at number one. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna get there. But he's gonna have a shot. He's long enough, probably. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna have a shot. Um, but yeah, Dirk, nineteen years in the league, thirty thousand points, all with one team. 
Um, his three-point percentage is not that good. Uh, would have thought it would have been higher. But just a versatile player could score from really anywhere on the court. I mean, that I mean, you couldn't guard him just because, I mean, seven-footer with a fadeaway jumper. Like, you can't really do much against that as a defender. Uh, just, I mean, consummate professional, stuck with the same franchise, and stuck it out there now when they were trying to get Chandler Parsons. He said, what contract do you need me to sign? Mm. Uh, which is funny because he'd make Chandler Parsons pay for all of his meals and was like, that's my money. Uh, <laughs> you're making my money. And, uh, I mean, he's made plenty of money, and I'm sure he's probably got lucrative crap in Germany, too, on top of that. Oh, yeah. Top of the stuff, I'm sure, in his Dallas area. But I hope he retires a Maverick. That might not happen just because, who knows, he might want to. The Dallas Mavericks are definitely in a rebuilding position. Uh, and who knows how many years he has left, one or two left. But, I mean, it's one of the all-time greats. I mean, you can't. I mean, I heavily doubt you could put him in a top 10 list, but probably a top 25 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the thing that, like, highlighted his career was just his patented shot. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's what people will probably remember him for. But, yeah, just such a versatile player. And really just, like, changed the game for in terms of, like, players coming over from Europe. I mean, you look at guys, like, every year in the draft, and they say some European guy, this guy the next Dirk? And it's sort of like that's how they sort of set the standards from players from overseas. But just influencing the game overseas, I think that's, like, him and Yao Ming, those two guys really just moved the NBA forward with bringing guys. Even uh, Porzingis talked about it, too, you know. Yeah watching Dirk growing up and, and sort of the same style of play. But just the influence on the game will be probably what it will be remembered for in the patented shot. Jordan scored 32,015 seasons. 15 seasons. Scoring machine, yeah. Kobe barely outscored him in 20. Um, to be fair, Kobe missed three of his last seasons, basically. <laughs> yeah, and the last one wasn't, yeah. Are you well, the last, the last one? one? Well, the, the last one obviously counts on the last Oh, okay. Two. No, but like the last one sort of was just like a well, it was, circus. <laughs> it was the Kobe Jackup Shotsathon. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh god, it was that last game. That last game was the most Kobe Bryant game oh, to god. ever end a career. We watched that together. That, that was, was insane. that was insane. That was such a good game. And that was must watch TV. Yeah. And well, that was going on while the Warriors were going for seventy three wins. I remember we were flipping back between the two. That was a great night for basketball. That was that was. Um, and yeah, and he got it. He ended his career on an assist, which I always loved. <laughs> his final his final play was an assist. <laughs> After, after all the crap. <laughs> the irony. The next closest, I mean, just looking as far as people who would be threats on the all-time score, let's just looking. There's no one in the top 50 who's remotely young. So, I mean, it's Dwayne Wade, Joe Johnson, Pau Gasol, Mello is number 25 all-time. Vince Carter's 23. Best of luck, Vince. You know, how many more years he's got left. Uh-huh. And Paul Pierce is at 16. So, unless, I mean, we're going to see the young kids are coming. Steph Curry's coming for it. Kevin Durant's coming for it. They'll, they'll end up on the list for sure. I mean, yeah. top 50 for I sure. Like, I mean, Durant probably might. Durant had some, I mean. That's true. Curry had some slow starts to his yeah. year. But top 50 is not as hard to pull off. I mean, especially. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see how Nowadays. long. I mean, assuming he stays healthy, which, you know, there are definitely concerns around if he's even 100% healthy right now. Oh, Steph Curry? Yeah. Just, I mean, he just, his shot has been off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Durant will will easily get there eventually. Well, Durant's going to easily end up probably top twenty five, not higher. I mean, oh yeah, Durant. I mean, he won, he won what two or three scoring titles in a row? Yeah, something like that. And I mean, I mean, he's been hurt. I mean, he's obviously missed basically a whole year. He, I mean, mm. who knows? And he's missing time now. But he'll he'll end up there. I mean, it's just more interesting that I mean, there's no one in the top fifty who's currently playing who you like realistically is going to move up much. Like, yeah. Powell might move up a few more slots. Powell's going to hit 20,000 career points at some oh, point. Oh, Joe Johnson's 42. Yeah, Joe Johnson, almost 20,000 points. Joe Johnson scored a lot in Atlanta, man. He scored a lot. Like, yeah, people forget. 
Those, like, those Atlanta teams that were, God, were they solid, but not <laughs> great. <laughs> it's the best way. Solid for a long time. Basically, that's basically Atlanta Hawks basketball still to this day. <laughs> that's they had logo. their one season where they won 60 games and everyone thought they were going to take on the world. And then they were like, nope, you need a superstar. They're like, all right, we'll go get Dwight Howard. We fixed it. <laughs> I'd put that on my tombstone, though. Solid for a long time. <laughs> hey, man. You know, like we've talked about it before. Like, you don't win an NBA championship every season. One out of 30 teams does. If you are if you really are okay with that level of success, winning 48 games every year, making the playoffs, being competitive, that's good. Good for you, yeah. Yeah, that's good for you. It's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't have to be some, oh, you're not contending for a title. You know what? There are a lot of teams who tried to contend who aren't going to make the playoffs this year. So right. <laughs> they're going to get some home playoff games and you know, <laughs> ticket revenue. But yeah, I mean, moving on, I guess, to that, you know, onto our standings talk. I just, you know, we've got, we're, most teams are over 60 games played. I think well over 60 games played. Well, most teams have like 15 games left. Yeah. So we're, we're at the point that. The standings are starting to shape out. We're starting to see people, you know, it's, oh, maybe they could get lucky and hop up into the, no, that's not happening anymore. You know, the, the windows are becoming more narrow. We're getting a better picture. Um, I just thought we start with the West. Uh, and I didn't realize it until today. Just as I just slipped my mind. The San Antonio Spurs are now actually ahead of the Golden State Warriors. They own the tiebreaker. They're tied record-wise. Same number of games played, 52 and 14 apiece. The Warriors, obviously, 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Horrible stretch for them. They've lost three in a row. Can't remember the last time they lost three in a row. I think it was in the playoffs or something. I, 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 it's just, it's just, I just, I'm gonna have to reach back in my noggin for that one. See if I can see if I can uh, pull out that knowledge. But, uh, but yeah, it's who do who do you think is gonna end up as one? I think uh, I think Golden State will probably jump back up there. Um, they're probably gonna have a push towards that. And and I mean the Lamarcus Aldridge thing, you, you're not really sure. Mark Sargent, you're not really sure how they extended that and, you know, what how that's going to affect the Spurs. But, I mean, I'm not really surprised by it because San Antonio, even last year, they had an, a really good record. People just completely forgot because the Warriors had such a great record. But, uh, yeah. Spurs I think, are under the like They manage every year and every year. I don't know like, how. And every man. year we're like, we can't keep them under the radar. Every year we put them under the radar and we forget about them. Yeah, I mean, so when it really happened. And they're perfectly was, content doing it. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised when it happened, but I think Golden State will probably jump back up there. Uh, I didn't really take a look too hard at their uh, schedule, but also San Antonio, uh, they do also rest players towards the end of the season. So, I don't know, you think Pop will will go ahead and try to fight for that once Just a quick glance at the schedules, Golden State definitely has the easier schedule. Just a quick glance, you know. Uh No real digging into it, I'm just looking at the team's names that are popping up, catching my eyes. Um, and maybe they're about even, they're which about is about, I mean, no, I don't think pop cares about the seedings at all. He's proven yeah. multiple times in his career. He gives no shit about the seeding. So long as I think, I think, I think that one year where they were six and they had to play the Clippers in the first round, that incredible seven game series, that series oh, was yeah. so good. That game seven was so good. Um, for a first round series, especially like, is I think that the year where all the first round series, like, no, that six? was the year after that was the year after the, okay. for that one year where six series went to seven, one went to six and the bulls were the only team who could only win one game. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rub that in your face. I guess the wizards, <laughs> the wizards just have you had your number back then. Yeah. That was a, just like how you have Toronto's number. Now you play Toronto soon. You're just going to own their soul again. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter what's going on with the bulls. They're like, Oh, it's Toronto. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, it doesn't make any sense, but I love it. 
Um, no, I think um, I think that's the one series where maybe Popovich would go, all right, we need to focus. Because that's one where they ended up falling from three to six with one game difference. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because they lost one game. They rested the NCAA. I think that might have been the time where it goes, all right, we got to get you know home court advantage. They're going to this year. I can't even I, – if they haven't clinched it yet, they basically have. I mean, the Clippers are 12 and a half games back of them. So I'm not that yeah. worried about it. But – but I don't think they care as much between one and two. They're not falling to three. Houston six and a half back, and Houston, like we were talking about earlier, this is a team whose window has narrowed. It went from maybe we could hop up to two to no, you're three. Yeah, and, for sure, and three. Maybe could fall to four. Not likely. They're basically three at this point. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the thing we got to ask yourself. Like, do you want to play most likely Houston? Because I can't imagine Houston losing to OKC in a seven game series unless Russell Westbrook goes some level of Super Sam that we've never seen before. Right. Or do you want to play the winner of Utah Clippers, which I still believe will be the Clippers, despite how good Utah's playing? If I'm San Antonio, I'd rather play Houston. Same. Because you have Kawhi Leonard, the best defensive player in the league, guarding James Harden, their entire offense. So uh, I think that matchup's better. I think Utah actually, and the Clippers, given their bigs, are like a tough matchup for San Antonio. I think those teams would play better against a Golden State team that lacks bigs. Or depth at the yeah. big position, so and they have good versatile wing defenders. So uh, at least Utah does. But uh, if I'm San Antonio, I want to play Houston. What about who do you think they want to play? I think they want to play Houston too. Even though like Houston is an interesting team to me, where I think just on paper, like you go, oh okay, I get how they can beat them. But I, I'm watching them. I've watched them play a couple times now in the last couple of weeks, and like when they hit threes, there's nothing you can do. And they have Warriors and Cleveland level of three-point shooters at every position basically now. Mm. Like, they have four guys on the court. Patrick Beverly shooting a much better percentage from three now. They have four guys on the court who can shoot threes. Like, at, at high percentage, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon, James Harden, Patrick Beverly. And they have other guys they bring in, you know, Trevor Ariza, things like that, where it's like, if they get hot and James Harden goes off on you, it's like, you very quickly can lose two or three games where you outplay them, but they just hit more shots. Like, the NBA is a bucket. you got to make buckets. Like, it's just that simple. So, that's the riskier one, which is why I still think Houston, to me, is the second biggest threat to Golden State in the West, which I don't think is that big of a stretch at this point. Mm-hmm. Just because I think that on any given night, anything can happen in the NBA, and you just need... Honestly, Houston can beat them straight up probably once or twice, and they need to get lucky. I, I just don't trust... I have trust issues with Mike D'Antoni teams in the playoffs. <laughs> why? Give me a reason. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just childhood memories. Just horrible childhood to be, memories. To be fair, though, you go back to that series where they got suspended for Game 7 and probably should have won that series and gone mm-hmm. to the finals against... They've lost to Dallas and probably should have gone against the Heat. And I recently heard Amino Hassan, who's on ESPN, now he was in the front office at the time, he was talking about that he was like, we knew we were going to beat the Heat if we got there because Shaq couldn't have stayed on the floor. Because of oh, how yeah. fast we ran, Shaq, what was, Shaq was going to be gassed. And yeah. so it's like, it, it's, I don't know, it's, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I say that a lot, but it will be uh, to see where 1-2 ends up. Because I think it's going to matter for the eventual Western Conference Finals, who is home court. I think you think it is? Because I, I think it matters for the Warriors more than it matters for okay, the Spurs. That's what I was just about because to Because I think too, the Spurs yeah. at this point, most of the team, the team is not the same team it was two years ago. It's very different. But most of the team is... They don't care. They are where they are. They'll play where they are. But I think for the Warriors, Oracle definitely helps. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. I mean, you also, it's a team coach by Greg Popovich. So, I mean, they'll be prepared for anything, especially the playoffs. But, I mean, moving on, I mean, we've already established that Houston is the three seed. 
lock it in. Skipping over them. And then uh, four or five. Four I just five, yeah. just wanted to touch to say no one cares. <laughs> it's going to be Utah Clippers first round playoff series unless the Clippers continue to fall and OKC rises, but I don't see that happening personally. Um, yeah. Whoever has home court advantage has home court advantage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's going to be, in my opinion, a pretty boring series. It's going to be a lot of defense. Could could be good games, though. Good games, but, I mean, when you look at it, I I look at the matchups, and I I don't really see, like, who's Utah's point guard now? I'm blanking. George Hill? Yeah, George Hill. George Hill's good. Oh, he's been playing well this year? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, Dante Axum, he still isn't playing, right? They're not playing. Yeah, that was, you know, one of those great international picks on a prayer that work out super great all the time. And then Prozingis happens, so they go, what will happen for us? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he tore his ACL, but still, yeah. I mean, that's going to be an interesting matchup against Chris Paul to see who guards him there. I mean, the Clippers don't really have a three, so also Gordon Hayward, who's really going to play him well. But yeah, that that's gonna be a solid matchup with uh, Rudy Gobert and uh, DeAndre, Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, you saw that over the summer with uh, I mean uh, Rudy Gobert plays for France. Yeah, so you saw that over the summer, but that that will be fun to watch. Both guys sort of play similarly. Yeah, but I mean other than that, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not too excited. About that, that series to me isn't that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. it's, and more like I mean. Looking at it now, I mean, you could see OKC maybe jumping up and maybe catching the Clippers at the end, which would be the only series for them I think they could win would be against Utah. Okay, see. Uh, and, yeah, in the yeah. first series. But then the other matchup is 6-7. Memphis seems to be struggling now with Chandler Parsons officially out, even though he's missed a lot of time. You think that probably cements them at 7? Yeah, probably. Uh, I like the way Conley's playing this year. But other than that, I mean, Mark Gasol is always consistent. I don't think they have enough in terms of, like, shooting and offense to to be any... I mean, Houston is just going to run them out of the building. They're matched up against either Golden State or San Antonio at the moment. Oh, for, right, for, right, for Memphis. Oh, I mean, so, Golden State or... San yeah. Antonio, both of them. I mean, there's nothing they yeah, can yeah. do. It's just... Yeah, it's... And Memphis is, like, a step below... I, well, actually, I think they're right around where we talked about Atlanta being, where they've been very good for a very long time. And, you know, for a market the size of Memphis, that's probably good. But, like... They've just never had the shot, really. They had that one year against OKC where they went up, like, I think they went up 2-1 or whatever, and everyone was like, maybe, like, maybe this is the year. And I just don't think they have enough at the end of the day every single year. Yeah, they beat San Antonio that one year. Remember when they purposely lost to be the eighth seed? Yeah. And then they beat San Antonio in the first round. That's because Monty Ginobili got hurt. Yeah, a lot, and they had a, I forgot who else was hurt. But... Yeah, they, they had a bunch of problems, and there was a reason they wanted them. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, people thought, oh yeah, they could go, and then no, they lost. I think they lost four one in the next round or something yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think to OKC. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, because yeah. I think that OKC lost to Dallas. I think that was the first Miami year. Yeah, when yeah. Dallas won the title. Yeah, yeah, and then after that, eight to thirteen. So eight to thirteen, basically. Everyone except the Suns and Lakers. It's looking. I kept waiting for Denver to struggle, to collapse, to implode, to make way for one of the teams I expected, you know. But they actually seem to be very quietly, them in Portland, kind of putting everyone else away, pushing everyone off. Like, these are not good teams. You fall three, four wins behind. These are not teams that win 60% of their games. These are teams that are not going to get these kind of wins. So, uh, Denver's won seven out of its last ten. They're positioned well. Um... They have a good team. They've made some trades. Jokic is uh, playing very, very well. Yeah, triple-double machine. But I, I liked Denver like a couple weeks ago. 
because their young players were just playing surprisingly well, and they're playing Jameer Nelson, which sounds stupid. Their schedule is brutal, but at least coming up, it sounds stupid. But he's playing better than Moutier, apparently, who's getting DNPs. And I like Jamal Murray out of Kentucky, just a three-point shooter and off a great backup point guard. Maybe one day be a great starting point guard in the NBA. But their young players are just playing so well. Also, you have Wilson Chandler. I mean, a veteran who who plays well. But I mean. In terms of Denver's future, you want to have those young guys play and develop in the playoffs. So, I don't know. They're kind of stuck in a weird place. I mean, you will really want to get swept by a San Antonio or a Golden State in the first round having, you know, guys who are in their high 20s playing. I don't know. They're sort of stuck I'm, in this I'm, weird place. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in the fact that, like, the 8 seed is valuable to a team like Minnesota or a team yeah. like, I mean, or a team New like Orleans New Orleans that or... they could get there. But both of those teams, New Orleans especially, New Orleans is five and a half games back at this point in the year. It's just hard to imagine them rattling off the kind of win streak that would be required to get in, uh, especially because they have a pretty brutal schedule. I'm pretty confident when I looked at it. I can't remember it now. Um, but Minnesota... Three and a half back has won seven out of ten as well. They just knocked off Washington, which is not an easy win anymore. You know, that's not an easy win. Yeah. Um, they're playing better. And this is what we talked about constantly with Minnesota that, you know, it was going to take time. We all, I, I think we both, you didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. You thought it was going to go better than it's going. I thought they were for yeah. sure going to make the playoffs. I never bought into this 50 win crap. Yeah, oh yeah, neither did I. Yeah. But neither I, I just, I just knew that over the course of the season, they'd start to put it together because Tibbs would start to put it, you know, would start to instill the value. It takes time to get young guys, especially a team that when KG retired, they had no real veteran leadership except yeah. for I'm blanking on his name, um, to get people to buy in to playing defense, especially yeah. when for two years they haven't had to play defense. Yeah, you just forget they're all so young. Even their, you know, their backup players as well. I mean, you look at what Denver's doing, though. They're replacing those young players with older players who can contribute now. And, yeah, it might help you now, but, like, looking further on, yeah. I mean, it's Minnesota's just in a better position. So it, it depends on what Minnesota you Minnesota has the best two to five years from now of anyone in the NBA. Oh, Next yeah. year, obviously, their team's a much better future. Even two years from now, their team's with better futures than them. But, like, just mid medium-term returns, like, as far as – Teams that are not successful now, like, they're far and away. I mean, the only team that you could say has better upside is if New Orleans could get people to show up. Like, just what yeah, they're Yeah, maybe gonna... the Lakers, but I don't know. They're, they're so deep in the hole at this point. That... The, and the Lakers, yeah, the Lakers are so raw. So many of the players are just so raw, and they need... And they have... Like, the weird thing about L.A. that really scares me is, like, they have good veterans. Like, Luol Deng's not a scrub. Mozgov, yeah. Yeah, Mozgov's not a scrub. Like, these guys can play NBA basketball, and they're still getting blown off the floor because they're just, they're just clearly not ready. Yeah, they have the greatest coach in NBA history, too, Luke Walton. <laughs> Dude, Luke Walton is. Um, I just I stand by it. I mean, if you notice when uh, Steve Kirby came head coach again, they lost more games, uh, and they lost the NBA Finals. I love yeah, that. so basically that's <laughs> I, uh, that's all you need to know about Luke Walton's coaching career. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, Luke Walton, the GOAT coach. It's just over. Uh, he's also he's three-time NBA champion, so fuck off. <laughs> right. But uh, and uh, looking at the A-seed, actually, do you think Portland, if they do make the playoffs, they possibly give uh, San Antonio or, or the Spurs any problems? No, no. End of discussion. <laughs> like, I do just you think it'd be a more entertaining series. I think it it might be. I think Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum can put up points. So I think for maybe one game, like they can maybe steal. Winning one game to me isn't a fight. Like that's not a challenge. Uh, like that's not like I don't consider that to be an impressive feat. At the end of the day, like you're an NBA basketball team, you should be able to compete. Like getting swept to me is embarrassing. With 
like obviously there are times where like okay like I get it like the team's clearly better than you but like you should be able to win a basketball game like I and especially at home yeah I mean you even look at their like point differential too it's pretty bad like Portland's is really bad yeah Portland's really bad Minnesota's is, is fairly decent but I mean, the West sort of just... I want to see New Orleans make it, man. They're not going to. I know they're not going to. They're just not going to. And at this point, it always makes more sense for them to try and get more ping pong balls because it's top three protected. They can try and get a pick this year in a very loaded draft class. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously why L.A. has tanked. And L.A. now is very comfortably going to end up with the second worst record, which means two teams would have to jump into the lottery to get the pick to Philly. Um, Philly has even kind of re-tanked, you know, they fell back down there. But, I mean, Sacramento is tanking very aggressively. They want to get down there. I'm sure if it was up to them, they'd, you know, Sacramento currently has, what, the f- sixth worst record in basketball, tied for the sixth worst with the Knicks. They're going to try and, you know, get as many ping-pong balls as possible. I, well, at this point, for your king, what, what else you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was clear after the Cousins trade. Yeah, what especially they with how do. little you got for him, because Buddy Heal's the next Steph Curry. Yeah, um, basically. Can't wait till two years from now we're all eating those fucking words, but <laughs> Buddy Heal is the next Steph Curry. <laughs> Weirder things have happened. I, I vehemently, vehemently believe trading Jimmy Baller for Amon Chumper was a straight, was a great trade two, three, or like four years ago for Chicago. And at the time, I was right. And I'm so wrong now, obviously. So, <laughs> so, you know, what the hell do any of us know? But yeah, I, I mean, talking about Buddy Hill for just a little longer, uh, he was Why? one of those guys that, I mean, it is NCAA tournament time. You fall in love with those tournament guys who have hot tournament. Jimmer Ferdet, like Jimmer the list Ferdet. goes on and on. Doug McDermott. Yeah, Doug, I mean he didn't really play that well in the no, tournament. Didn't. Though, no, I didn't. I just like throwing him in your face because the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls traded five draft picks to get Doug McDermott. They traded three <laughs> seconds and two firsts to get Doug McDermott. But we got Cameron Payne back. <laughs> oh, thank God he's not even playing. Right, because Rondo's playing. Because the Bulls. Once again, the Bulls, another team, should tank. Go go get as many ping pong balls as you can possibly get your hands on. Instead, they're like, nah, we're going to fight to get, you know, maybe go five games with Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird spot for the Bulls. Bulls are just, you got to just blow it up at this point. Yeah, every Bulls fan I talked to was like, yeah, why the hell do we still have Jimmy Baller? Like, yeah. every Bulls fan <laughs> I talked to, like, and oh, last summer it was about 50-50. Like, you know, it was yeah. about 50-50. After the D-Rose thing, they're like, all right, maybe. Yeah, I was on board keeping Baller, but now I'm sort of just, just – Start all over again, man. Yeah, you it got, happens you, in the NBA. Yeah, you have to, and, and the Bulls. You got to sing into that crevasse. You got it. It's the yeah. only way you get lucky and you catch breaks. And Chicago still. We've talked about kind of how like it's weird how they don't seem to get free agents. Yeah, but I think they obviously can. So yeah, that that's that's too much time on Buddy Heald. Too much time on the Chicago Bulls, who are you know a joke. Uh, the Bulls are probably. We'll talk about that when we get to the East, and then moving over to the East. I guess we'll go inverse, start with that 8 seed, that 6-7-8. I mean, it's currently Pacers with a one-game lead over the Pistons, who have a one-game lead over the Bucks, who have a half-game lead over Chicago and Miami. I think Miami gets the 8 seed, and that Detroit and Indianapolis hold firm. Yeah, I am I mean, good for Indy, though. They figured it out. Um, well had, enough. Yeah, well <laughs> enough. I had them higher initially at the beginning of the year. But uh, it will be nice to see, you know, Indy playing, like, a, a Boston or a Washington in the first round. But, yeah, I think it will pretty much stay pat. Um, maybe Milwaukee. They just signed Terrence Jones. Which I, I like that pickup. Yeah, it's a uh, good pickup. And Middleton's starting to get back and beat Chris yeah. Middleton again. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, usually yeah. 
those sort of stuff. What do you what do you do again? Break hamstring. He had torn hamstring. torn hamstring. Yeah. I mean, usually that stuff takes time, especially getting your feet under you and all that stuff. That just takes time. But I mean, he looks good. Uh, they'll be a tough out in the first round. But yeah, I think Milwaukee. I think it will just stay put. In my opinion, maybe Milwaukee jumps up to seven. Detroit falls, but really, you're really just discounting Miami getting in the playoffs after how well they've been playing. Like you're just like, no, no, Miami. They're half a game out. I mean, I love Dion Waiters. He's top five all time, but still pissing me off. <laughs> top, but I have no faith in. No, I, I do not. No. Okay. I mean, hey, I respect it. I just to me, it's just. I mean, you just look. You look at their last games. I mean, just look at all those wins. Just look at all those wins. And but even though they lost to Philly and Orlando in there, which makes no sense, but it was all <laughs> those wins. Beat Cleveland twice, including when LeBron James played. You know, you know, just all those in Cleveland. You know, all yeah. those wins. You know, they're just piling them up in their schedule. It's not that hard the rest of the way. And they're going to be facing Washington and Cleveland when they're not playing anybody, <laughs> more than wow. likely. Yeah, it's a favorable schedule, but I think, I mean, Reggie Jackson, too, he's been playing well as much shit as I give Reggie Jackson. He's come back and played he's well. Played better. Andre, yeah. Andre Drummond, I feel like they, people are starting to realize that the infinite potential of him just isn't there. Mm-hmm. And But he's still... Good, and I think I think you know the overcorrection to most problems in life ends up being almost as bad as the overpromise of something, or the mm-hmm. or the original problem where we think he's going to be the best thing in the world, and then we realize he's not going to be the best thing in the world. We say he's not worth it; he's garbage. He can't be a part of a friend. You know, he we need to trade him. Where it's like, no, you need to realize what he is, accept what he is, build around what he is. Maybe not build around him, but you know. He's a piece. He's a nice piece to have. Outstanding piece. A lot of NBA teams would love to have him. I mean, it's just great for the young price rebounder. Is the question. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not. I mean, we heard this with Dwight for like what? How many years? Like, it still happened this off season too. I think. Oh, he's developing the post game. Yeah, but I mean, Andre Drummond doesn't need to develop that. Our players like him don't really need to develop like that. They just need to like learn how to finish at the rim a little better. Maybe free not. throws, free throws, free throws, more free throws. Slightly improve your free. You can't be at forty percent. Like sixty percent minimum. Yeah, I know. Like my sister plays middle school basketball. Her free throw percentage is better than that. Like, come on, get in the gym. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just don't see Miami getting in there. I don't know. Okay. No, hey, hey, man. If they do, they do, and I'll just be totally right. And then I, I really don't want them to be eight just because I don't want that first round series. Because you know the storylines, the nonstop storylines. And I mean, the booze. It's just, it's going to distract to me. I mean, at the end of the day, fans get to do whatever they want, but it's going to distract from what the first round of the playoffs is, which is a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you think Chris Bosch is going to sue back up? <laughs> they haven't waved at me yet. That's right. That <laughs> he just, just shows so up funny. to the... He was healthy the whole time. <laughs> Sleeper agent, Chris Bosch. They wanted to make sure they got that eight seed. Now they're coming to take out the Cavs. The Cavs would destroy them <laughs> still. <laughs> right. Like, that's just because people are concerned. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about when we get there. Um, so, uh, uh, about defensive issues and how little I care about them in the regular season. Um, four or five matchup. It's kind of similar where it is right now. It's uh, Toronto, Atlanta. That seems very likely to stay. Toronto hosting. I mean, it's two game difference. Toronto's only two and a half back in Washington, but without Kyle Lowry, I just don't imagine. Without an injury to either Boston or Washington, I can't see them moving out of four. Which means for Toronto, I think you're going to get a Kyle Lowry may not be back, mm-hmm. or he might be just getting back. And you're going to face an Atlanta team that is not full of scrubs, it's not a bad basketball team. 
And if you get past them, you're in all likelihood going to play Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, that's not the best matchup in the world either. Even though Serge Ibaka is playing well, I mean, I'm, I haven't really watched Toronto games, to be honest with you, but... No one does. Hear, They're not even on TV, I think. Do they have TV up there? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, they just, I don't know, Toronto, every year I, I count them out and every year I read it, but I'm going to do it again. I don't know why, but... Uh, their schedule is tough because it's against a lot of teams fighting for playoff positioning. Oh, yeah, I see Detroit, Indiana, Miami. Not a lot of teams that are going to be resting. Um, yeah. But I yeah. don't know. Toronto's just in this... I, I like the first-round matchup, I guess, but after that, you're kind of fucked because you have to play Cleveland. And I don't think Ibaka makes that much of a difference. And P.J. Tucker, I don't know how he's playing either. Like, haven't really tuned in. I know his so. first game was really good. I watched that one. Then after that, I don't think they're on national TV that often. Yeah, which is surprising. It's just the market. I mean, you got to get the Lakers on there again. You know, you just got to keep <laughs> no, up. No, the Knicks. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's just, it's unbearable how much some of these teams are on national TV. I mean, you have, I mean it's very easy to figure out why. Um, but, yeah. And then I think, I think what's one of the more interesting races uh, as we come down the stretch is the 1-2-3 seeding in the East. Um, I think I'm going to get my, pl- my second round playoff series, though. I think Cleveland holds on to the one ultimately. Uh, it could get dicey. They currently have the tiebreaker over, uh, over Boston uh, and Washington with one more game left with each of them. If they were to lose each of those games, obviously, minus the fact they get closer in the standings, the tiebreakers would then go to, like, conference record. I forget what goes next if they're tied 2-2. So Uh Cleveland has the opportunity to kind of put those teams away when they play each one of them. To be fair, the last one is at Boston with, like, two weeks left in the season, so that might be the last game the Cavs play. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe they play Atlanta. Play Atlanta play twice in three days. Love yeah. the NBA schedule. Right. The home but, and home. Yeah, I mean, you think, I think Boston will probably shoot, or Boston's the best equipped team to get that two seed because they have such great depth. And so uh, not only that, that schedule's pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Looking at it initially, yeah. I mean, whenever you have Brooklyn in there. Brooklyn <laughs> but, on there twice. Brooklyn on there twice. <laughs> you don't only get one blessing of Brooklyn. You get two blessing of Brooklyn. I'd love for Brooklyn to beat them both times. To be like, screw you. You're not getting this. You're getting a worse pick. Right. Brooklyn goes on a run into the year. But Boston gets screwed. Brooklyn's up. surprisingly been playing. I mean, since Jeremy Lin came back and since Brooke Lopez has been shooting threes, they've been playing. They are 12 well. and 53. Yeah, they've been. They've, they're obviously their record isn't showing it, but they're playing uh, better. No, they are. Yeah, playing better. But I mean, Boston's more equipped. And if you're Washington, um, you you have had injuries in the past. Like, was it last year where that John schedule Wall, was not kind? Where John Wall hurt his hand and it kind of ruined two part, years ago. Two years ago, that was two years ago when they were gonna beat Atlanta. Yeah, with Paul Pierce on that team, and then John Wall got hurt. And that pretty much cost them the series. Yeah, so if I'm Washington, and you know Bradley Beal's injury history, so I just take a look at that, and I'm, I'm a little cautious. But. I just I just worry about, I mean, one, Boston's yet to win a playoff series, so until they do, there's no guarantees Boston's going to win a playoff series. But they didn't win last No, 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 no they lost in the first round last year. They yeah. won seven against the Hawks. Yeah, and the Hawks absolutely shit on them in the last game. That's right. Yeah. Um, But... I just if if you want to get that you want to get home court advantage, I feel like if either one of those two teams, you want to like your 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 NBA Finals is the Eastern Conference Finals. Those are your NBA Finals. Like as John Wall said, he'd be disappointed if LeBron wasn't waiting for him there. That's what they said because they want to go through him. They want to beat that team. Don't think it's gonna happen, but that's what they want. And 
I just think giving yourself every edge against a Boston team that is very home fav- home heavy, even though they do win on the road. No, the road record's not great. Um, so you want to get that seventh game at home if possible. Get the first two games at home. You know, to possibly go up two zero. Start out with an advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's sort of just. I mean, Boston, like you said, has the easier schedule, and their depth, I think, will help them towards the end of the year. And they're just a team that figures out how to win regular season games. So, if I had to bet on it, I'd probably choose Boston as the two, and then I, yeah, I'm probably like how how worried are you about Cleveland shot one? How much do you think Cleveland cares? Two, how much do you think is in jeopardy? I think Ty Lue slightly cares. Like, I not slightly. I think he cares. A fair amount about getting that one seed. I think it's it's fairly important. A lot of teams should care about getting that one seed. Like you don't want, especially a team like Boston, to have home court advantage. So I think it's important, but uh, sort of like weighing like where you are late in the season. But yeah, I think Cleveland will shoot for it. But I think I think they'll do what they have to to get it. And as soon yeah, as it's either, exactly. I mean, the second's either locked down or it's basically locked down. They'll pop pump the brakes in whatever way they feel is necessary. Um, one of the stories going around the NBA this week is all of a sudden people have started to pay attention to defensive efficiency. Cleveland, since the All-Star break, has the 29th ranked defense in the league. It's down to like 23rd for the overall season. Um, all I'll say to that is, is two years ago, they had the 19th ranked defense in the league at the end of regular season. And then playoff LeBron showed up, which is like <laughs> a whole different player than regular season LeBron. So I'm not that worried about it, but I think that if you're Boston or you're Washington, you see the opportunity to take Cleveland down for the one seed, you take the shot. LeBron James doesn't care where he plays for Game Seven. He he'd love to show up your home crowd like that Game Six in Boston and Miami. That that just ins- absolute like Boston was going to beat Miami. They were yeah. going to knock them out. The whole Big Three was over, and LeBron was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> so, I just, I just think that if you every bullet you can get in your gun against them matters. Yeah, I think Cleveland will be there. And also, you do get Kevin Love back in a couple of days. They're like saying on the next four-game road trip, which starts Saturday, they're saying they expect him back then. Who know, I mean, and who knows what is it, you know, and not that he's going to be restricted and, like, he's still hurt, but it's like, is he playing 10 minutes? Is he playing 15 for how long? Yeah, so that will definitely help. I mean, people do forget Kevin Love was an all-star this year. Like, There's a reason. Having yeah. a great year. Oh, watching, yeah. them play, watching them play Houston, you go, you, they're missing a rebounding big. That's why they wanted Andrew Bogus, why they signed Larry Sanders, the only, you know, and that's why they pay Kevin Love $25 million a year mm-hmm. to be goddamn gorgeous on that yeah. court. Like a majestic fucking oh, <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, there's nothing really else. I don't think there's going to be any surprises uh, the rest of the way. I mean, injuries are the only surprises that can upset these things, you know. A wet spot on the floor can end a franchise's future, can open up one for another one. You know, if there's another injury in Golden State, all of a sudden San Antonio and Houston and all these other teams have a shot at an NBA title where they didn't before. Same yeah. with the East. You know, LeBron is like not quietly on wood to not let it record. You know, <laughs> slips on a patch and, tear, you know, all of a sudden Washington or Boston is going to go to the NBA Finals. Or Toronto. One of those teams going to the NBA Finals. So, like, it's just that kind of, you know, it's that kind of league. It's sports, man. Unfortunate thing about sports, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And with that, I think that I think that's the place to end it. Yep. I think that's the place to end it. Uh, I'm Joe. This is Moose. You can find us on Twitter at UTU Sports. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that jazz. And until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening.